You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Wednesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and on today's episode, I am talking to Matt Sheehan of the Lockdown Spartans podcast. We are going to be talking about the Big Ten East, Big Ten West, just kind of having a nice conversation about what to expect this upcoming year. I know the big talk right now is the alliance between the Big Ten, Pac-12, and the ACC. We're going to be breaking that down on tomorrow's show. To be completely honest with you, just didn't have a chance to completely uh, go through and understand the concept of it and get my thoughts gathered. And I want to make sure I'm giving you the best content you deserve. Uh, so I need to make sure I'm, I'm really diving in deep and I'll be giving you all that on Thursday. On Friday's episode, we are going to be joined by Celia Palermo, who is a reporter at WQAD, a sports reporter there. So we're going to be talking to her about the Iowa football team and expectations coming in to this year. And then next week, we are getting into the football season. We are talking all about the upcoming game versus Indiana. We have a couple special guests, lots of great stuff. And we are also moving to YouTube as well, beginning next week. So be on the lookout for that. Also, the NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. Again, let's get into the show. Matt Sheehan of Lockdown Spartans. We are breaking it down right here, right now. Folks, we got my guy Andrew Wade on the podcast of Locked on Hawkeyes fame, and we are just both vibing right now. His former quarterback, C.J. Beathard, two touchdown passes for the Jaguars in preseason my quarterback, Brian Lewerke, one touchdown pass for the Giants. We are on a collision course to watching both our guys play in the Super Bowl. If that even makes sense, I don't know if they're both in the NFC or not. Who knows? What is important, though, right now is that we are here to talk some Big Ten football. I will talk about the Big Ten East. He will carry the torch for the Big Ten West. But before that, I got to ask, Andrew, just how, how are you doing, man? You doing okay? I'm doing well, man. I was not anticipating C.J. Beathard and Brian Lewerke being included in that intro. I honestly forgot Brian Lewerke ever existed. So um, apologies, apologies there. But otherwise, I'm doing great, man. Well, yeah. I mean, he just signed recently, so uh, and now he's going to take New York by storm. He's definitely going to take Daniel Jones' job. Um, probably going to have everyone forget who Brady even was when it's all said and done. But, yeah, we got some, uh, some sweet Big Ten talk because um, we're going to talk about our respective divisions, and I got to set the table for it right now. Let's just get it out of the way. What team in the Big Ten West do you know the most about? Like, who's the surest bet of the Big Ten West? And who is just the biggest question mark of all, all the teams over there? Yeah, I mean, well, I think it's easy to say I know the most about Iowa. But if you take away Iowa, sure. I would probably say – this is going to sound kind of weird. Um, I would actually probably say Northwestern or Purdue. Okay. Um, Wisconsin, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I know a lot about Wisconsin, but, um, their defense, I just don't, I don't know as much about as I would love to. Um, but the biggest question mark for me is probably, probably Minnesota. And the reason yeah. why I say that is offensively, Minnesota looks like they can compete with any team in the big 10 defensively. They could be one of the worst teams in the big 10, but offensively, it really comes down to is Tanner Morgan, a legitimate quarterback. And I truly do not feel that he is that good. 
I was not impressed. Gotcha. I think wide receivers wise, Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman really helped him. I know they have Chris Ottman Bell still there, but I am just not impressed with Tanner Morgan. And I, Minnesota fans hate me for that. It's totally fine. Um, I got so much hate every time I went on Locked On Big Ten talking about Minnesota, but <laughs> I'm just not a fan of Tanner Morgan. But that that is a team that I I just I can see them winning eight games. I can see them winning four. I don't know. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at at this point. What about you, man? I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm going to start with a team I know the least about, just because it's kind of the same thing that you're going off of, and more so too with like Minnesota had that weird year with COVID, and I, Maryland is my team that I'm going to go with here. I could see Maryland going nine and three as easy as I can see them going three and nine. Their year last year starts with them getting absolutely throttled by Northwestern. And then they turn around, they beat Minnesota, they beat Penn state, then lose to Indiana, lose to Rutgers. And, you know, like play five games last season. That that whole team fascinates me. Like Mike Loxley has been doing a pretty good job recruiting over there as well. I mean, they they got many Tua over there. Who's he he has some great games in him. He has uh, the potential to play outstanding when he wants. So I just don't know what to expect out of the Terrapins just because well, they only played like four quarters of football last year and they're, they're so talented all over the board, but we're just not used to seeing them be a good team yet. And then I'll just be boring and say the team I'm, uh, we know most about is Ohio State. Oh, oh, no, they got a new quarterback. Oh, who cares? <laughs> when has that ever mattered for Ohio State? Like it's, it's never made an effect on them whenever they have to change up their quarterback in an offseason. Like, they're fine. Oh, that quarterback doesn't work. Well, they got, like, three more four or five yeah. stars right behind them they could plug in. So, like, yeah, it's, it's Ohio State. We're all just playing for second. So It's insane oh. to me. I think Ohio State's quarterback room, legitimately all four quarterbacks could start on – Every yeah. team in the Big Ten. Pretty I mean, I don't probably. I don't know yeah. a single team where they wouldn't start. Uh, maybe Wisconsin holds true to Graham, but I, I think you you look at talent wise. I don't know why you wouldn't go for any of the four Ohio State quarterbacks, including Quinn Irwers, who makes a fantastic financial decision and just says, "I'm going to be a partner in a kombucha company and graduate sure high are. school early <laughs> and go to Ohio State." Rough decision, bud. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's tough. You know, I was going to jump to this later, but let me, let me just jump into the fray right now. Is there a crossover game that you have circled, or is it just once again easy as just saying it's it's week one, Penn State, Wisconsin? I mean, that what a banger of a game to start the season with. I, it, no, no disrespect to Nebraska, Illinois. That's going to be a, a fine. Game no one cares. Games. That's it's not a crossover game technically, but I think the crossover games that's got to be a good one. Uh, I, I think Michigan's got uh, Wisconsin again, like that. That sticks out. So it's. Really, Wisconsin's got a tough crossover for for you guys. Yeah, I would I would argue so. Wisconsin has a tough crossover. I would also say Iowa has some tough crossovers. They get Indiana the first week of the season. They also have uh, Penn State later on in the season as well. So Wisconsin getting Penn State and getting Michigan not ideal. On the flip side, Iowa getting Penn State and Indiana, I would say is probably yeah, worse um, because I don't know what to think about Michigan and I'm very curious what your thoughts are on Michigan this year I think I'm kind of at the point now where I'm just annoyed by the Michigan hype and I just don't ever want to believe it and uh, now after coming off of a season where I feel like they kind of fell back to reality sure. I just don't know what to expect from Michigan this year but I would say Wisconsin and Iowa probably had the two the two most relevant crossover um, schedules because when you look at the rest of the Big Ten again I don't see a team competing with Iowa or Wisconsin. Behind them, it's a hodgepodge. It could be Nebraska, sure. Purdue. Uh, some people think Northwestern. I am so low on Northwestern, it's not even funny. So to me, it's Nebraska, Purdue, Minnesota. Those three teams are really fighting for third. And I would be shocked if any of those three teams jumps up to one or two. 
All right, I'll quickly want to pause the conversation to remind you that it is that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams back are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at betonline.ag. So head over to that website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. If you want to use a different promo code, you can also use the promo code NFL100 to get $25 back on the Buccaneers versus Dallas Cowboys. Make a bet on that opening day game, and your wager will be refunded up to $25 if you use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I, I would as well, and I'm really high in Iowa. And I, I want to get to like a, a little betting segment later because I, th- I think there's some good value in the, an Iowa Big Ten title. And I swear I'm not you know, just buttering you up from being locked on. I Hawkeyes. never I expected you to ever butter me up. Yeah, we've had plenty <laughs> of conversations. I would not anticipate that at all. <laughs> no, but I, I really do like at Iowa. Like I'll, I'll pull up their odds later. But I, yeah, I mean they're going to be at the top two. It, it always gets a little wonky at the end of the year. I think you guys got. Oh no, I'm sorry. Wisconsin's more sort of in the middle of the year, but still like. That's that's always a tightly contested game. I feel like between you guys, and oddly enough, it's already out there scheduled at noon. That screams like thirteen to twelve. Winner takes the driver's seat of uh, the Big Ten West, and it's going to go to India yeah. to play against Ohio State. But anyway, that was just literally to, my know, prediction for it was like ten to six, ten to seven. Oh yeah, just the nastiest right. game. There's going to be no passing touchdowns, a lot of three and outs, a lot of punting. Like it is going to yeah. be Big Ten smash mouth football, and it is going to be hideous to watch unless you're a Big Ten fan. As God intended, I love that. You know, that's that's what I get out of bed for, baby. That's that's right. <laughs> um, kind of just going back to your your question about Michigan, though, and it's there is always hype. It's it, it's a, a, an endless cycle, wash, rinse, repeat, and it's okay. They go into the season with a lot of hype. Kind of underwhelmed, especially last season, but without fail, like, listen, they can go 0 12 and, and they'll still have a fan base over here in the media, over here in the Metro Detroit area that still builds them up as if they're going to go toe to toe with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got to say, though, it has been a little more muted this year. I think that there are a lot of questions surrounding this program. You are replacing a quarterback. The offense was eh, last year. The, the secondary, the defensive secondary, whew, I, I can't imagine anyone feeling hot about that. I mean, they had Michigan State's quarterback who was more of a wrestler than he was a football player. They had him throw for 323 yards last year. Like, they carved up their secondary with a true freshman Rocky receiver. The, the Western Rocky Lombardi, Lombardi, great. Love Rocky Lombardi. We had him on the show not too long ago. What a what a gentleman. That, that, guy's, that guy's a legend. And it's, it's a shame uh, it worked out the way it did for him at the end where he had to transfer out. But... Hey, you know, he's, he's going to kill it in Northern Illinois. But um, actually, speaking of Northern Illinois, they do play at Michigan again. So he's going to go back to the big house and probably rack up another 323 yards against that secondary. But I digress. Um, it's just, I was going to say that, really. So when I look at Michigan's schedule, yeah. it's not that bad, right? You get Western Michigan, Washington, Northern Illinois, Rutgers, Wisconsin, at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Reasonably, 
four and two, five and one. I, I'm honestly the at Nebraska game kind of worries me a little bit. Um, and Rutgers a little bit. I, you could get out of that five and one, and I don't think anyone's blinking an eye, being like, "Whoa, you know this that was crazy." Wasn't expecting that. And then Northwestern as well. Reasonably, Michigan could be six and one going into that Michigan State game, and you better believe yeah. the hype's going to be back as long as they don't get blown yeah. out by Wisconsin. No, and that's the funny thing too. It's like there are there are some Michigan fans too that have openly said like I cannot wait to start five and one, get all hyped up, and then our, our real part of the schedule starts. Like yeah, because yeah, that, that that is a nice little start to their season for them. I mean, especially being from the Big Ten East, there's always a gauntlet that you have to run through. And Michigan State benefits from a pretty nice start to their season as well. I mean, we open up at Northwestern, like you said. You know, I don't think they're gonna be that great this year. They lost a ton of production. And then our off-season schedule is pretty manageable. It's or not off-season, but non-conference, I should say. It's Youngstown State. It's Miami. Miami will be tough. And then Western Kentucky. But we also get Nebraska. We get Rutgers, and we get um. I, f- I forgot the other team. Not important right now. But uh, yeah, like it, it, it makes up for a pretty good start to the year where you feel good about yourself. So I, I think Michigan kind of falls in that same trap. As yeah, it'll be well, interesting. Which fascinates me. Yeah, and I, I want to quickly touch on Northwestern because we've mentioned that Northwestern and in our opinions, is not going to be very good. And you mentioned the the lack of returning production. On top of the fact they've lost a ton of players, including a lot of transfers, um, they lost mm-hmm. their two top running backs, in my opinion, probably because they didn't feel like playing time was going to be as prevalent with Cam Porter emerging last year. Well, Cam Porter has a season-ending injury. He's yeah. out for the season. They announced that they're starting Hunter Johnson. I don't know if anyone remembers the Hunter Johnson era, but it was oh, atrocious <laughs> for oh, yeah. Northwestern. Um <laughs> I just don't look at this team and think you win more than three games. I don't care how good of a coach Pat Fitzgerald yeah. is. You just don't win more than three games Northwestern this year. So to me, people I think might be looking at that. I think getting Northwestern early in the season is probably advantageous for any Big Ten team because there's still some hype for Northwestern. And you might have that the hype of getting that big win and you'll get moved up in rankings potentially. But anyone later in the season, you're looking at Northwestern and saying, this is a waste of a game. Yeah, it really is. And I feel like Northwestern is such like an ebb and flow program where it's like they'll have a great year, just like last year, and then it'll dip down for a little bit. But I think something that's always consistent with them is that their Septembers aren't usually too great, I feel like. I feel like they always kind of get out of the blocks a little slow. Yes, it's normally against non-conference opponents. Maybe it's a little different as they open up against Michigan State, a Big Ten team. But, yeah, I, I also feel like Vegas sees the same thing, too. This game opened up as Northwestern's six-and-a-half-point favorites. And it's already dwindled down to just three and a half now. So I think a lot of the money's coming in here and people are noticing that, okay, yeah, Michigan State, not a great season last year. They had two two wins. Um, but what we did do is we kicked roughly, what I think it was 26 kids out the door in the transfer portal. We brought in 19 kids. So it, it is a different roster makeup. Mel Tucker made quick work. So, yeah, I, I think that's the, the week one game that, uh, once again, I mean, to, to go back to the Iowa-Wisconsin game, it'll be something like, 14 to 11, but it'll be a little disgusting. I I know. You know, we're also doing right now, too. It's uh, we're doing probably the worst exercise that Big Ten fans everywhere do, and that's just immediately count Northwestern as a win in the offseason. And oh, yeah, once they go like that, right? Exactly. So, yeah, that's uh, that's an exercise a lot of Big Ten fans do is blindly accept uh, the Wildcats as a win for their program, then they come in and just. Pop so I will say I I will say in the last five years of, of doing this and covering the Hawks on the show I've almost always counted Northwestern as a loss for Iowa just trying to mentally prepare myself and usually I'm like prepared that. correctly <laughs> but this one year I'm like I really just cannot see it like even when they had Hunter oh. Johnson they were like 
one and five. I'm like, you know what, guys, this could be a loss. Iowa always loses Northwestern. They'll find a way to play. And even that game, Iowa wins 20 to nothing in a nasty game. And I was like, God, this was just so gross even watching. I felt like it was a moral loss. Like, how do we lose or only win 20 to nothing? So, yeah, Northwestern just so disgusting. Uh, I'm curious, is there any team that can actually beat Ohio State? <sighs> like, in, in theory, Penn State can. Uh, like, they, they have the talent to do it. They, they do recruit pretty well. I know Ohio State always steals the headlines with, oh, top recruiting class in the Big Ten. Oh, top three in the nation. It's like, it, Penn State's also holding their own as well. So, from a talent, like, roster to roster, tail the tape standpoint, it's it, it's Penn State that's probably got the best shot of beating them. I, I know Indiana got close last year, but it, it took some wonkiness to happen for it to get as close as it did. Like, I think that was a three or four touchdown game at one point, and then some weird turnovers go the other way. And, oh, my God, it's a seven-point game. But I, it was all fun and well. I was rooting for Indiana. Listen, hey, I, I don't want Hoosiers fans mad at me. I was rooting for you guys all season. Um, I, I So I guess that's a lot – way of me saying no i i don't <laughs> although indiana like i'm not ch- i'm not going to chalk up indiana too as like a major regression year i actually do think they come back pretty damn good uh like and, and it all starts to enter trenches for me because I, I know they return some good talent on both ends of the ball and on both ends of the ball like their their metrics for the offense was great their metrics for the defense like for stuff in the run everything pretty good so yeah I, like i think the hoosiers are bound for another good year i think they'll finish top three in our division as well It'll be interesting, though, because they were not very good at running the ball last year. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the things people kind of get lost in the sauce with is the fact that they had a lot of big plays. Michael Penix Jr. could throw it up to Ty Freifogel, and it would look good. But there wasn't a lot of consistent move. I mean, it wasn't like – and not to go back to Iowa or even Wisconsin offense, but Iowa and Wisconsin are not big play type of teams, right? They're just going to consistently move the ball down the field. And I did not see that sustained offensive production from Indiana a lot last year. Now, it wasn't bad. I'll I'll take whatever you can get, right? You get points, you get points. But it felt like it was a lot more big-time explosive plays, kind of um, running around, scrambling, chalk it up to to tie, and you're good to go, versus that consistent – four or five yards each and every play, especially when that running game was just not rolling with that offensive line. So to me, that's one of the weaknesses I see with Indiana. And I think they have a tough, I mean, getting Iowa at Kinnick the very first game of the season is just such a crappy way to start the season for them. Michael, oh, yeah. you're coming back from an injury. I mean, like that we saw it happen. Penn state, Indiana last year, Penn state loses in what arguably is kind of a, they shouldn't have lost. That was a, a bad call on that. Penix Jr. reach out, but yeah, but but it was fun. But it was fun. It, it, yeah, was, fun. it was fun. I mean, yeah. I was losing my crap. I was like, I can't believe they called that. Uh, but, like, but that that could be that could be such a tough way to start the season. You have such a hyped up game, and you lose in Kinnick, which yeah. no one wants to play in Kinnick, and Absolutely no one wants to play not. in Kinnick after yeah. a year and a half of not being at Kinnick. I mean, these fans are ready to freaking roll, man. I mean, there's like ten thousand people at Kids Day. Like, it's just insane. Yeah. All right, y'all, one more pause before we round out the show with segment three of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, our crossover episode with Matt Sheen of Locked on Spartans, breaking down everything in the Big Ten. I do want to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It comes in nine delicious OG flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. They got something for everyone, sweet, salty, you name it, they've got it, and they're all covered in one 
100% chocolate. But the best part about these bars is not just the flavor. It is also the nutritional benefits of them as well. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, and you can get your hands on Built Bars today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. No, the idea of playing at Kinnick keeps me up for probably three and a half straight weeks whenever uh, MSU has to go there <laughs> in, in their season. I just stare at the ceiling for those 24 days leading up to the game. Um, you're like, on paper, they should they should win. And then you're like, but it's Kinnick. And something happened to Kinnick that just scares people. It's there, especially if it's a night game. There, there's some weird voodoo magic that goes in. Like, I, my my team could be like, let's say I'm a Buckeye fan and uh, Ohio State's going to Kinnick, and I'm favored by 55 and a half points. And oh my goodness gracious, I was too deep. Has just been suspended for that game. Oh my goodness gracious, I still wouldn't feel 100 percent confident in that game. Like, I, I would still. Ugh, I, this gives you the heebie-jeebies, man. That's no, yeah. you don't want to play Kinnick at night, man. <laughs> this, I, I'm gonna go off. I, I'm gonna take a hard. Uh, hard turn left here, going off on a tangent. I just had this epiphany too as I'm going through all these teams. Are, are we going into a season where there's no coach like on the hot seat? Like I, I don't. No matter how bad a team could be, I guess the closest could be maybe Purdue, Jeff Brown. But I even if this year goes bad again, I still have a hard time believing that they'll cut ties that quick. I feel they'll give them like another year or two, even if it doesn't go good for the Boilermakers. Or is there another coach that I'm completely missing that should be watching their back? Um, as you were talking, and the first person I thought it was Jeff Brom as well. Uh, yeah. Purdue has been a very inconsistent team who can uh, beat good teams, lose to bad teams, consistently be in that six to seven win range. That isn't that bad for Purdue, though. So no, it's really right. like, what what do they want to do? I mean, they signed him to an extension. Clearly, they're they're happy. He's bringing in good recruiting classes. I think he just needs to put it all together. And again, I think they have a good offense um, with David Bell there and whoever plays quarterback with Aiden O'Connell or Jack Plummer. I mean, they're going to have a, mm-hmm. a solid offense under Jeff Brom. It's whether or not they can figure it out defensively. Um, I would argue Scott Frost is on the hot seat um, at this point. And uh, I typically do hate on Nebraska pretty consistently. I, yeah. I'm trying to to pull back some of that bias or the bias of that. But with all the different allegations coming out, with all of the, um, you know, the Big Ten looking into different sanctions on Nebraska. The fact mm-hmm. that Nebraska, it's been a consistent nightmare of excuses from Scott Frost. I don't have my guys. I don't play hard. Yo, that's you. That's you as a coach. Like I, I'm sorry, but what about the, like? Do you not the self awareness to realize that right. your team was a reflection of you? And if they can't play mistake free, that's probably you. And now you're in the fourth year of your program. These are all your guys. There is no excuse. And yet all of your guys keep transferring out. Now, I think he is starting to learn a little bit about how to recruit guys for the Nebraska program. I mean, when he came in, he was recruiting them like they were from UCF, right? But these guys, you know, he wasn't recruiting as high of character guys. He wasn't recruiting guys who were willing to wait and develop. And they also aren't developing them. So I I think Nebraska, if they don't win more than six games, I I don't know how you keep Scott Frost around. I think the Nebraska fan base, uh, although – weirdly optimistic all the time. I, I truly, I post this on Twitter. I wish I was as optimistic about life all the time (laughs) as Nebraska fans are going into the preseason. If that was the case, I'd be walking around like crapping rainbows out and singing like lullabies and stuff. But yeah, no, I I think Scott Frost is probably on the hot seat. 
Imagine just being like happy as a college sports fan. Like I, all, all I know is just pain, sadness, and just waiting for the inevitable bad thing to happen in life. And I, and I chalk that up to the John L. Smith days of uh, Michigan State. But yeah, I, I don't know. I get this weird feeling that like even if it goes south for Nebraska, like they go five and seven. For I'll throw a number out there. Like for some reason, I think they give them another year just because I, I think that they kind of are at the, the the point where it's like, well, this was our guy. This was our home run hire. We're we're gonna see this out pretty far here. I don't, and what happened to them last year too? I felt like for every like kind of bad head scratching loss they had, they had a pretty decent win. Like you know, you you, you lose Northwestern, then you beat Penn State, lose Illinois, lose to Iowa, but then you beat Purdue, you lose to Minnesota, but you end the season with beating Rutgers. I, I don't know what to think of them. I think like Adrian Martinez though is going to be a pretty solid quarterback, and I think that's just what you need to get by to a six and six, seven to five season if you're Nebraska, just be solid. So I. They're probably looking at the tax layer bowl like it's Pasadena. Like if you guys can get through <laughs> that, like okay, we're we're in business. We got some momentum going forward here. So can actually, you imagine being happy four. about the tax layer bowl after year four. But I will. So two things with Indiana or Nebraska. They they had a really good game against Iowa. I mean, they they probably should have beaten Iowa. Um, offensive yeah. line play just wasn't working, and Chauncey Golston got a sack. But um, and that really was the, the deal breaker there. I. Did a so it's funny. I did a stat analysis of Taylor Martinez and Adrian Martinez. I was just curious about their their stats, and mm-hmm. they are remarkably similar, if not erring on the side of Taylor Martinez being a better quarterback. And so I was talking to one of my Nebraska buddies about it, and he was basically saying the difference between Taylor Martinez and Adrian Martinez was that um, I can't. Oh, I'm gonna get switched up. I think it was Taylor played great against bad teams and sucked against good teams. And Adrian is just incredibly inconsistent. You don't know which quarterback you're going to get. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I think by the end of this era, they're going to look at Adrian Martinez and think, stop getting these Martinez's who can run the ball and <laughs> have an arm that pretends to be a quarterback, right? Like, like they just – they should not be – they should not be there. They need to stop doing that. This is no longer the 90s Nebraska, right? Like, get a quarterback who can actually throw the ball. I know. And actually, you know, really quick, I, I know that we haven't touched on this team too much, and this is my fault <clears throat> because I – I'll, I'll whisper this. I'm just a little scared of them, and I don't like what's going on over there. But Rutgers, dude, yeah, you're not an automatic win anymore, man. Like, what the hell? This sucks. Like, I, I, I miss, I miss the Rutgers that you could just wake up and beat sixty-three to to, to six. Yeah, those, those are the glory days. I, it was like I, a non-conference I, game. I oh, I dude, I know. And well, speaking of the non-conference, like that's where I was going to start. Their non-conference season opens up against Temple, against Syracuse, against Delaware, like that. Listen, they're, they're going to get to a bowl game this year. I, I feel pretty confident saying that. Their crossover games are Illinois, Northwestern, and I'm uh, missing the uh, Wisconsin. Okay, that's a little tough one, but still. Hey, you can't go three for three. And they could go to bowl game, game Maryland, though. Like, I think they will. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Are we predicting Rutgers goes to a bowl game? Because that would be wild. Graciano, I uh-huh. hated that hire mostly because I was like, gosh, darn it. This is the only guy to succeed in New I Jersey. I know. And he, he did such a good job with them. and. Now he has the Big Ten. I mean, oh, God, please just leave, leave. Don't come back. You you were good. Don't come back because I don't want to deal with Rutgers again. No, I, I love the idea of just having a doormat in the Big Ten, and it was Rutgers. But now here we are. Oh, Shiano's back. Oh, great. He's getting transfers. Oh, he's out recruiting some people from Penn State and uh, other, you know, top-notch schools. Oh, all right, we're having fun now. So, no, it's – Rutgers bothers me, and, and I know I did it like about 10 minutes ago, but I was like, oh, yeah, Michigan State plays Rutgers. That shouldn't be a problem. Listen, here, a little peek behind the curtain. That, that's just me mentally psyching myself up right now because <laughs> in, in the deep, deep, far corner of my head, 
I, I'm I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'll say it. So I we just had to touch on Rutgers really quick. Uh, yeah, right there. Um, I think it's worth noting Illinois to me is the the year later version of Rutgers. Um, yeah. They have a lot of in-state talent. New Jersey has a lot of in-state talent. Illinois has struggled to get any of that talent previously. Brett yeah. Belima, as much of a I'm trying to think of the right word, is not a very good person all the time. He is. He is a phenomenal football coach, and he was part of the reason Wisconsin has become the powerhouse they have been in the Big Ten West. And now he's getting a lot of Illinois commits. He is taken three commits from Iowa or three recruits. I should say um, the Iowa was very hot on. He's gotten them to commit to Illinois. That hasn't happened in the last six years. Illinois is a team that I'm really worried about as well in two to three years. Like, can we just get a crappy team in this conference? Can someone just suck? Cause I'm really getting sick of every, every game being difficult. Like even Illinois, I'm like, I I'm looking at this Illinois Nebraska game in week one and thinking, you know what? Maybe there's a chance. I like Brandon Peters. I like what Illinois does in the run game. I like Brett Belima as a coach. I hate Nebraska. All these things bode well for me going and betting on Illinois winning this game. I know. I was just going to actually to go down betting lane right now to, to end this. Um, so, yeah, let's start, actually start with Nebraska, Illinois. Illinois plus seven, seven-point underdogs at home. Over-unders 55. Are you going to take anything, or is that a game you just sit back and watch and enjoy? Oh, no, I'm definitely betting on it because I'm a degenerate. Um, I am 100% taking – yeah, I'm definitely taking Illinois, and I'm probably taking the under. I don't see a lot of offensive explosion happening in this game. Yeah, no, I'm right with you, too, on the under. Um, I don't have a side, but once again, like what I'm going to sit here week zero and not bet the first game that I see. Like, no, of course I am. So I'm going to go with Nebraska minus seven. Uh, Just because why not? You know, hey, Nebraska fans, I'll gas you off. Yeah, I'll I'll join your – little party here of optimism i like that so <laughs> the, the other thing I, I wanted to do is let's say that you had a metaphorical 100 dollars to bet on the big 10 championship winner and i'll go down the odds really quickly here on betonline.ag of course ohio state is minus 220 so bet 100 dollars you're going to win somewhere in the ballpark of 50 ish dollars beyond that wisconsin five to one Penn State nine to one, Iowa nine to one, Michigan eighteen to one, Indiana twenty to one, Nebraska twenty eight to one, Minnesota thirty three to one, Northwestern and Rutgers are both fifty to one, Maryland and Michigan State are both a hundred to one, Purdue's also hundred to one. Excuse me, and Illinois, Burt Bielma, two hundred to one. And yes, I know his name's Brad. I'm just doing an internet joke there. <laughs> um, how would you spend a metaphorical a hundred dollars on a futures to to win the Big Ten? Uh, well, how I would actually spend it would I drop a hundred dollars right on Iowa because My man. I like the odds. I think Iowa has a very good team this year. If there's any team that can be under talented and win a game against Ohio state, I think it's Iowa. Um, I think mm-hmm. their, their defense is very strong. They have one of the best secondaries returning in the entire nation. And they have several guys who, I mean, they have a guy who's not even on their two deeps who was looked at for the NFL, who transferred in. So, I mean, their secondary is phenomenal. I think they can actually keep up with Ohio State. They don't allow the deep play. Um, so I think Iowa would be the team I'd go with. If I were to split that up, I would probably put 40 on Iowa, 40 on Wisconsin, and maybe 20 on Penn State, just as a maybe you get lucky and somehow you win this division would, would be incredibly shocking in its own right. What about you? Yeah, I, well, I'm not going to touch a single team from the, the Big Ten East. A, because, <laughs> like, it's going to be Ohio State, but, like, the, the, that value doesn't get me out of bed, you know? Like, minus 220, like, okay, whatever. So what I'm going to do, like, I'm going to put 
my eggs in the Big Ten West basket and just pray to God that they catch Ohio State uh, on an off night in a Big Ten championship game, which when doesn't that happen? Uh, th- hey, th- they're due to lose one of these games eventually, right? You so would I'm, I'm going to split it. Uh, you would really hope so. So I'm going to split it in half. I'll, I'll do 50 on Wisconsin and 50 on Iowa. That's how strongly I feel that it is going to be just like a two top dog fight in, in the Big Ten West. Now, with that said, I cannot wait for uh, Northwestern to rise like the sleeping giant they are once again. Go to an eight and four season, and that will somehow be good enough to get themselves to Indy. But until then, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about either Iowa or Wisconsin. Like Iowa, what fifty dollars on five to one gets me two hundred fifty bucks. So I'm doing my Spartan you said, master. You said nine right? to one, didn't you? Wisconsin five to one, five to one, okay. but Iowa nine to one. I'm sorry yep. if I said if I misspoke. That's on me. And then. Iowa, what fifty dollars at nine to one? That gets you a, a lot of money. Let's just call it that. Four fifty. Four fifty. Look at look yeah. Hawkeye mathematician over here. Look at you, baby. Nice. I'm in grad that. school, man. I got math on repeat. Ooh, Let's go. Big brain over here. Look at you, baby. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, well, hey, Andrew, this has been a blast, man. I really appreciate you uh, just you know, shooting the you know what about Big Ten football, and I cannot yeah. wait to watch some grimy, grimy football. Uh, hey, this disgusting. weekend. In the next, oh, it's gonna be so gross! I can't wait for it. God, I love Big Ten, baby. Love it, dude. If you want, if you want some nasty Big Ten football, I'll be in. Uh, I'll be in Chicago for Iowa versus Northwestern. If you want to skate on down and watch some <laughs> nasty Big Ten West football <laughs> in Evanston, the worst field and arguably all of the NCAA. Come oh, on yeah. down, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I'll, I'll be down there for a nineteen to eight game. It's gonna be an awesome time. Of course, a Wildcat victory because that's just what they do. They, they just they're here to upset everyone in the worst way possible. So, Drive me to drink. Upset people today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, amen, brother. So, to be fair, we never say anything bad about Michigan State or Iowa. And mostly, that's the only people that are going to be listening to this. So, we might be good. Well, yeah, we're both going twelve and zero. We don't cross each other in the in the crossover yeah. game. So, yeah, like what why, 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 why would we? <laughs> we're still trying to uplift our spirits from the basketball season too. That ended just incredible for both of us. So, yeah, no, this is uh, God, uh, you had our, to bring our, it up. I'm like still sad forward. about that. Yeah, dude. I, don't blame I, just, you. <laughs> I remember sitting that game. Like my wife's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like. No, no, I, well, I don't no, think I'm okay. okay. <laughs> but like, like, but like, I went past the anger bridge and went into just depression forest. Like, yeah. I was literally just sitting there, just like, <laughs> you're really quiet. And I was like, I huh? don't know how to handle what's going on. I've, I've been waiting for this season for the entire year. Oh. I've sat there hopeful. I like and like it was like I was on the verge of like crying. I was like, I don't know how to react right now. I'm just I know. I'm just, I'm not even mad. I just like was depressed. And like I think that scared her more than me being angry. She was <laughs> right. just like, Oh right. my god, do I need to keep my husband on a watch? Like <laughs> right. No, because like a lot of people are like, oh, we're just like screaming and throwing stuff. It's like whenever a bad game happens, I just sit there in silence and I feel and honestly from the outside looking in, I feel like that's way more alarming than like screaming at and throwing stuff. It's like, oh no, something's going on in that head right now that I did not like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whenever things are going south for Michigan State, I'm just, yep. just sitting there. That's yeah. Oh it's man, I cannot out. wait for I cannot wait to do that at least six times this season as they're Grinding out a, a 52 to, to 49 win against a, the Air Raid West Kentucky team this year. That's going to be like a hoot and a half for Michigan State. So great. can't wait for Big Ten football, man. I cannot wait to be hurt again, man. This is great. Get get hurt, lose all my money betting. Uh, this is this is the best. I cannot wait for it. So close. We're so close, baby. I'm taking all my money out of Dogecoin and putting it right onto yes, the Big Ten yes. football. Let's roll. Right on the Brett Bielma. Right on the Brett Bielma train. Baby. Illinois. <laughs> Love it, Matt. Hey, man, man. Well, hey, this is a blast. If you ever want to talk again during the season, man, I'll, I'll hop on and talk to you any, any waking minute of any day, Andrew. You're the man. Let's roll. I love you too, man. Absolutely. You're the best. See, See you, buddy.
All right, that does do it for our show today. Just a reminder that we are going to be talking um, tomorrow about the Alliance and what it means for the Iowa football team. What are all the impacts? What are the storylines? That is all coming on tomorrow's episode, so stay tuned for that. I do want to remind you that betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast at. And that does do it for our show today. Hope you all enjoyed uh, the, the conversation between me and Matt. Matt is a fantastic guy. If you want to, definitely go check out his podcast. Lots of fun there. If nothing else, his Twitter account is quite funny, especially when Michigan State loses. It is full of hilarious this from Matt. So definitely check that out. But again, thank you all for tuning in. If you love the show, give us that five-star review and stay tuned. We'll be back tomorrow and Friday. Have a fantastic Wednesday, Hawkeye Nation, and let's go Hawks.